6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. We know that all of this comes as pandemic spending sent the deficit soaring roughly to about $383 billion. We are told that that number will stay under about $400 billion today, but we're going to find out more here shortly. I can tell you that there's a, a little bit of a procedure that happens in the House of Commons before we can uh, start telling you some details and uh, let you listen to it live and that process is underway right now. So uh, the government um, really providing no indication so far how that deficit is going to be brought down. We are hearing there's been a lot of talk about a recovery program and that it's going to be outlined in this budget. This recovery program we're hearing will cost between about 70 billion and 100 billion over three years. We're hearing words about uh, spending promises around plans to roll out some of the promises that we heard talked about. We t- you know talked about in the throne speech a while back again, uh, a while back ago about a national childcare program. The finance minister. And Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland has said the government views the pandemic, that she views the pandemic as as a way to move forward, as a window of political opportunity to address the urgent lack of affordable childcare across the country. It has created a window of political opportunity and maybe an epiphany, as you put it, on the importance of early learning and childcare. When you were talking about people needing to do their jobs now with their kids underfoot, I saw Terry Beach kind of waving and sighing to us on the screen. And a lot of people who didn't have to worry about early learning and childcare, now COVID has brought it into their lives. And I think that creates a real opportunity for us. But I would add one more thing, which is one of the consequences of COVID, I think, is to have brought the economic arguments to the fore when it comes to making the case for early learning and childcare. Because we have seen what I consider to be an incredibly dangerous drop in the participation of women in the labour force. And that is the Finance Minister, Christia Freeland, and we're expecting to see some of the details that were around that um, that national you know, childcare program be unveiled today. What else are we watching for this afternoon? Well, we're looking for more aid to be extended to uh, to to those who are still dealing, uh, businesses, companies that have been hit hard by the pandemic. We're hearing about uh, extensions of uh, federal wage and rent subsidies. Again, this child care program up to two billion dollars. On that front, we're hearing a lot about the green recovery. What does that look like? And luxury taxes, how will this hit Canadians in the pocketbooks? 
So lots to find out here as we move through the afternoon. We do know that this is what they call a key political document. It is something that uh, there'd be a confidence vote on. And if uh, that didn't pass, then the government would fall and we would head to an election. What they need, what the federal liberals need, is the support of one other party. And it pretty much sure that that is going to happen. The federal NDP have said that they will not trigger an election during the pandemic. So what exactly is going to be in this budget document? We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll head to Ottawa for details. Stay with us. I really believe COVID has created a window of political opportunity. When the Liberals table their budget this afternoon, Canadians can expect the Trudeau government to incur massive new financial commitments. I'm just worried that we're using this crisis to do all kinds of stuff that in normal circumstances we wouldn't do. I don't think we'll see the economic growth we want in this country and the productivity we want until we have this program in place. Because we have seen what I consider to be an incredibly dangerous drop in the participation of women in the labor force. All right, uh, Budget Day. The first budget that Canada has seen in two years. The Finance Minister, the Deputy Prime Minister, Christia Freeland, delivering the details right now in the House of Commons. Let's take a listen in. Government has been urgently procuring vaccines since last spring and providing them at no cost to Canadians. Nearly 10 million Canadians have received at least one dose of vaccine. By the end of September, Canada will have received 100 million doses, enough to fully vaccinate every adult Canadian. We need to be ready for new variants of COVID, and we must have the booster shots that will allow us to keep them in check. That's why we're rebuilding our national biomanufacturing capacity, so that we can make these vaccines here in Canada. Canada has brilliant scientists and entrepreneurs will support them with an investment of $2.2 billion in biomanufacturing and life sciences. Lorsque la COVID a frappé pour la première fois, when COVID first hit, it pushed our country into its deepest recession since the Great Depression. This, however, is an economic shock of a very particular kind. We are not suffering because of endogenous flaws or imbalances within our economy. Rather, the COVID recession is driven by an entirely external event, like the economic devastation of a flood, a blizzard, a wildfire, or other natural disaster. That is why an essential part of Canada's fight against COVID has been unprecedented. The unprecedented level of federal support for Canadians and Canadian businesses has been offered. We knew that Canadians needed a lifeline to get through this COVID storm. And our approach has worked. Canada's GDP grew by almost 10% in the fourth quarter of last year. We will continue to do what 
whatever it takes. Our government is prepared to extend support measures as long as the fight against this virus requires them. As Canada pivots to recovery, our economic plan will do the same. We promised last year to spend up to $100 billion over three years to get Canada back to work and to ensure the lives and prospects of Canadians are not permanently stunted by this pandemic recession. This budget keeps that promise. Altogether, we will create nearly 500,000 new training and work experience opportunities for Canadians. We will fulfill our throne speech commitment to create one million jobs by the end of this year. Some will say our sense of urgency is misplaced. Some will say that we're spending too much. To them, I ask this. Did you, you, did you lose your job during a COVID lockdown? Were you reluctantly let go by your small business employers who were like a family to you, but simply could not afford your salary any longer? Are you worried you'll be laid off in this third wave? Are you a mother forced to quit the dream job you fought to get because there was no way to keep working while caring for your young children. All right, you've been listening to the Finance Minister, Chrystia Freeland, in the House of Commons. Uh, let's get to uh, the, the nuts and bolts of all of this. Um, Canada's debt now over $1 trillion for the first time ever after a $354 billion deficit for the pandemic year just over and expected deficit of $155 billion for fiscal 20. 21-2022, in part driven by $100 million in new spending. Um, that spending, we're looking at childcare, which we were expecting, uh, looking at a Canada uh, that's able to produce its own vaccines. With more details, here's 6.30 Cheds, Eileen Bell. Thank you, Jalen. We knew this was going to be a big budget. The first federal budget in more than two years extends Ottawa's COVID-19 lifeline for workers and struggling businesses for another few months as it aims to pull Canada through the pandemic once and for all. Finance Minister Christia Freeland's first crack at a budget plan is also widely viewed as a pre-election platform. It has more than $100 million dollars in new spending over the next three years. Canada's debt is now over one trillion dollars for the first time ever after a 354 billion dollar deficit for the pandemic year just over and an expected deficit of 155 billion for fiscal 2021-22. That is driven in part by more than 100 million dollars in new spending over the next three years. 
including costs to maintain federal wage and rent subsidies and aid for laid-off workers until September now, instead of cutting them off in June. Freeland is also looking ahead to a post-pandemic Canada that the Liberals want to see, one that has $10 a day childcare, the ability to produce our own vaccines, national long-term care standards, and small and medium-sized businesses equipped with the workers and technology they need to survive. All of it comes with a pandemic-sized asterisk that things could still change drastically if vaccine supplies are delayed or if they prove not to work that well against emerging variants of the virus. Now, the largest contributor is $30 billion over five years on top of existing planned childcare spending to drive down fees in licensed daycares and eventually get to $10 a day by 2026. There is also more money for for broadband infrastructure and over $1.6 billion in funding for small and medium-sized businesses to make sure they aren't left behind by the dash to online shopping. All that extra spending with few new taxes will send the deficit to $154.7 billion this fiscal year. I'm Eileen Bell. We'll have more for you throughout the afternoon here on 6.30 Chad. Yes, yeah, so much to go through. This document, uh, this budget that was delivered today, 700 pages. It's a big one. So there's a lot to go through here this afternoon. But uh, Eileen has those highlights for you. And uh, we'll continue to break it down as we go throughout the afternoon. All right. So on the business side and for small business, uh, for, for small and medium businesses, we we know that they have been kicked in the butt over the past uh, 14 months. So Eileen mentioned about some program extensions, and I just wanted to dive into that just uh, a little bit uh, more. So um, it's going to extend the wage subsidy, the rent subsidy, and it's lockdown top-ups to September 25th. And then we'll gradually decrease them starting in June as vaccinations become more widespread. And one of the things that we've heard a lot of critics say is that we need to see the wind down of these, uh, these programs put in place. We can't have them go on forever and ever. So there is the date on that one. The government uh, also expanding the time frame of its COVID-19 income support programs for those taking sick leave because they've gotten sick with the virus or are in self-isolation or must take time off to work to care for children and for family. As the rent and wage programs wind down, the government saying it plans to introduce a new hiring subsidy of up to 50%, a hiring subsidy of up to 50% on the uh, what they call incremental remuneration paid to eligible employees between June 6th and November 20th for a maximum of about $1,100 per employee per week. Uh, the government, and we've, we've been talking and there's been hope about this as well, about uh, digital services for business and the government is proposing a new Canada digital adoption program which would train uh, and deploy about 28,000 young Canadians to help small businesses move online and support e-commerce initiatives. I mean certainly we have seen over the past year about how... 
about how things have moved um, so much co- online and the need uh, to have that in place. So the uh, Canada Digital Adoption Program. Uh, some small business costs will increase, though, with a new minimum wage set to rise with inflation. A $15 federal minimum wage uh, apparently coming into place as well. So as we head into uh, the 2.30 news with Eileen Bell, there's a lot more to take a look at. Uh, we've talked a lot about child care. There has been talk, I know a lot of you wondering, okay, what about, what about my um, pocketbook? What about additional taxes? Well, there's a few luxury taxes that have been put in place. We're breaking this all down there's uh you know there's more new money for uh the, the defense department uh for environmental uh proposals as well as i mentioned child care as well but the basics as we head into 2.30, and we will continue to break this down right through the afternoon. We're going to talk to the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. We're going to talk with... Um, um, we're going to talk with, uh, you know, people who have been on the task force looking at uh, a recovery from what they call the she uh, session, which is, you know, the, the, how, how the recession, how COVID has impacted women, women especially in the country. As well, uh, we'll talk with one of your favorite guests, Michael Campbell, the host of Money Talks on the Chorus Radio Network. Do we see a fiscal anchor? Is there something in place? You'll hear his thoughts. But as we head into the 2.30 news, just some of the things that you want to know right off the top. And it's looking like this. Canada's debt right now, over $1 trillion for the first time ever. $354 billion deficit for the pandemic year, which was just over. An expected deficit of $155 billion for the next fiscal year. $100 million in new spending over the next three years, including costs to maintain federal wage and rent subsidies and help for laid-off workers until September. They were originally supposed to be cut off in June. Looking ahead... To post-pandemic Canada, the Liberals want to see that uh, $10 a day child care, similar to what it looks like in Quebec right now. Now, remember, daycare is a provincial issue, so that's going to be interesting to see how the negotiations go between the feds and the provinces on that front. Uh, The Liberal Trudeau's talking about having this country being able to produce its own vaccines. Boy, oh boy. Have we learned the hard way about that? National long-term care standards. We've been talking about that for a year now on this show and making sure that small and medium-sized businesses equipped with the workers and technology they need to survive.